tired team and the heavy load. Cracked my whip and the leader sprung. I says day day to the wagon tongue. Turkey and a straw, hee hee haw. Turkey and a hay, hee hee hay. Roll them up, twist them up, a hot tug haul. Twist them up a tune called Turkey and a Straw. Take one handicapped hillbilly, take one fat hillbilly and a handful of college kids, and you have the ingredients for the gory goo cake that is Carver. We watched it, so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. What's up, Moon Goons? Or should I say Turkey in the Straw, Moon Goons? I don't know what the fuck that means, but we're going to hear a lot of it. Uh, this is welcome. <laughs> I can't even get to the intro without that damn song. All right, this is Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing? Hey, hey, ha. Man, that song. I know. This movie has a song that just gets stuck in your craw. Yeah. So, I why we? I was gonna bring. I was gonna bring it up later, but uh, while we're talking about it, let's just right off the bat. Um, I will do want to say a big shout out and thank you to uh, Franklin Guerrero Jr., the writer director of this movie, because he actually was spent a lot of time uh, corresponding with me via emails, telling me a lot of stuff about this movie, and he was a world of information and just super cool uh, and a good sport about this. But at the same time, fuck you very much, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you Frankie for that goddamn Turkey in the Hay song that's been stuck in my head for three days. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, at first when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun and catchy, but it just keeps coming. Yeah, it's like an earwig. It just barrels <laughs> into your brain, Ooh. and you can't get it out. Three days I've had, been trying to go to sleep. I'm like, turkey in the straw, hee hee hey, turkey in the hay. I'm like, god Damn it! I can't get this thing out of my head. Uh, we should probably mention the movie. Yeah, the name of the movie. The name of the movie is Carver, Carver. by the way. Um, yeah, so you you heard a little bit of the uh, that song in the in the opening the, this week's opening. So that's just this little taste of what uh, you hear throughout this whole movie a lot. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Carver. Yeah. Um, uh, Aaron, I know, hey, he, Aaron has something he wanted to bring up before we go into the movie itself because uh, he wants to make me look bad, which is fine. I admit when uh, I am wrong about something, but I will let Aaron take his. Oh, I'm not trying to make you look bad. I'm just trying to prove a Just, just, just make sure that we got the facts straight here. Okay? Yeah, you, I, so, I admit when I'm wrong. Episode 93, we did pro wrestlers versus zombies. That's correct. And we did kind of get into a little bit of uh, back and forth about. Uh, the name of one of the characters, the nurse zombie, yes, whether it was yes, Barbara did. or Laura. And I heard Barbara, and I said, it's Barbara. Marshall was adamant to the point where he would not admit it. Like, <laughs> he was like, I'm not, even if you're right, I'm not changing it. And still call the character Laura. Yeah, yeah. Laura, Laura, Laura. So, to be clear. Zombie nurse Laura, yeah. On our Facebook page, we post, you know, what movies we've done, episodes. We actually had uh, the writer-director... <laughs> 
Cody Knotts yep. decides to chime in. He says, hey, thanks for sharing. And uh, he decides to chime in also on the second comment. <laughs> oh, by the way, it is Barbara. Yep. So, baboon. Yeah, I, I admit I apparently was wrong. I quite admit where I'm wrong. But I, to this day, I don't know. I swear I thought I heard a voice call her Laura at some point. Obviously, I was wrong. So, I admit it. Aaron was right. It is Barbara. I, if I remember correctly, I said you owe me shots. Yeah. So um, we're going to the bar after this. <laughs> okay. Line them up. Line them up. All right. Back to today's movie at hand. Yeah, like I said, it's Carver. This is from 2008, uh, released on March 4th of, of 2008. Like I said, all right, it was written and directed by Franklin Guerrero Jr. Uh, this movie actually won uh, Best of Fest Award at the 2007 Freaky Film Festival. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. However... That is the edited version on Amazon Prime right now. It's uh, where they take away out. They took out a lot of the actual gore, uh, and uh, which is what kind of really helped the movie. Really helps this movie. It's kind of like all this movie really has going. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even the director said that really all this movie has is the gore. So, but it's the R-rated version that just took a lot of stuff out. Um, but it's there for free. Uh, speaking of Amazon, the blurb on Amazon actually says. Uh, C was being hailed as the most scary and horrific scene in horror movie history, which makes me scratch my head because I'm like, I don't know exactly what scene they're talking about. I have two maybe ideas, but even then it's like to say anything to me was the most horrific and scary scene in all of horror movie history is a bit of a stretch, a I think. Bold statement. Bold statement. Yeah, that's you're going you're going pretty deep there. I mean, there's yeah. a rich history of horror movies. I think somebody's though. greasing some palms to get that added. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frankie, yeah. Franklin, where, uh, did you have something to do with that what out you, there? What's going on there? Uh, let's talk about the cast real quick. We're going to touch on a few people first. Uh, even though she has a, almost an incredibly small part, uh, it turned by the once I figured out who she was. Uh, Natasha Charles Parker plays Gina in this movie. Uh, now she, the only reason I write this down is uh, for uh, anime fans out there. Um, and, 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 uh, well, yeah, anime, fuck it. Um, she has 17 credits for name. Mostly is, most of it is voice acting in anime or Japanese stuff. Uh, she did 27 episodes of Pokemon where she voiced Rhonda, Kenny, and Solana. Uh, she's also in Pokemon Ranger and the Temple of the Sea. And she was in the English version of, I'm sorry if I butcher this, uh, Iko, Iko Azarak, the Misa, the Dark Angel anime i guess where she voiced yoko so if you're big anime fans out there you know that's you know there's a lot of anime people people love anime we used to watch it yeah i know guys i i I watched some i didn't get as much into it as uh uh, as you and uh some of our friends we did did watch it though like in the mid 90s mid 90s yeah like when we had to go to the video store and just pray they had new ones that we haven't seen before. yeah exactly and then it was just this ridiculous, blah, you know, <laughs> just anime out the yeah, ass it was, yeah, everywhere. it was like a ex- diary explosion of anime oh, coming everywhere. God. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Matt uh, Carmody. Carmody Car- Car- plays he plays Pete in this movie. Um, he's got twenty four credits: NCIS, CSI Miami, CSI New York, JAG, Cross New Jordan. All twenty episodes of some show called Ponderosa. Whenever that was on. And he also won Best Actor for his role as Pete in this movie at the same festival where the movie won for Best uh, Best and Fest. Uh, I'm going to come back to that one. Uh, and Jag. Then, he's in Jag. He's huh? in Jag. Who watches Jag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Retirees is, or something. Isn't it about, like, airport or Air Force lawyers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, sorry. And yeah, it's like yeah, Air Force or Navy. Uh, no, NCIS Navy. I think it's Air Force. It's so weird. Or maybe it's Navy, but it's like did. Oh, I forget what it's a military thing. It's like NCIS. You're a Jag officer, but you uh, no, work. it's not Jag. It's a, a, a judicial. I forget, but it's like the last part is general or something like that. It, it's it's a military lawyer basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should know that. Shame on me. Um, and then we have Ursula Tahirian plays Kate. She's got three three credits, five episodes of Family Guy. Um, she was in all thirteen episodes of this cartoon called The, the Descendants: Wicked World, which I guess is about witches or something. Uh, Pretty Little Liars, which is kind of a, a kind of I guess a teen tween yeah. show. Go, it's kind of popular. And then she's also done some video game voiceover roles as like in Diablo three and Saints Row four. And then lastly, we're gonna talk about Kristen Green, who makes her second back to back appearance on Horrible Horror because she was in last week's episode where she played Janet in Evil Bong. She was the blonde from Evil Bong. Is, no shit. Yep. She plays Rachel in this movie as well. So wow, back to back appearances, unbeknownst. I did not recognize her. Yeah, uh, she. I will say she was much better in this than uh, well, Evil Bong was a pretty shitty movie. I but. gotta admit though, when we did Evil Bong, I was under the influence of the Evil Bong. So <laughs> I have, yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't remember I much may, of that episode. I may, I may miss a few things. <laughs> Ooh. All right, let's jump into the, the movie proper. Here we go. Uh, the movie, Carver, we open with uh, a credit card that says, based on true events. Uh, so take that for what you will. And that's where we got the music going. That's where you have, tur- yeah, he he haul, turkey in the straw, he he hay, turkey in the hay, wind them up, spit them out, slap them around. Yeah, it's it's. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a hillbilly riffic song, by the way. It, it is, is so. It is. Like, you can't get more. It's, like, probably the most hillbilly song I've ever heard in my life. Dude, all I want to do is grease a pig and drink moonshine. I just want to get a banjo and, like, blow in a jug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, after some opening wilderness shots, uh, we're taken to, like, this dirty, dingy basement cellar where we see a girl in a bra and panties. And she's laying on the ground, tied up, dirty. And she kind of wakes up, and she manages to get to her feet. Her hands are tied behind her back. And she's looking for a way out. And, you know, on a way out, she, she spots this guy, this fat hillbilly, her fat hillbilly captor. Massive guy. Big guy. Real big guy. Not that tall, but just big. Yeah. And, uh, probably 350, somewhere around there. I would say easily, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, so he enters frame, and she goes back to where she woke up and, like, tries to, like, cut her way free with, like, a bone, yeah, he finds. Yeah, uh, Which, bones aren't that sharp, so I don't know how that would really work. Well, she was able to do But some, apparently, yeah. <laughs> just shitty knots, I guess. <laughs> um, so, but in comes the, uh, 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 a tubby who wears, like, this dirty base shirt and dirty overalls, and, like, his mask, it's like a partial mask that covers his eyes, and it kind of looks like a cross between, like, an old pilot's helmet and, like, goggles, maybe with, like, old welder's goggles i don't know yeah. it's a really kind of odd thing it looks like it's held together by duct tape in some spots but he looked like anakin skywalker in the phantom Menace holy shit he does in the pod, pod racing. racing it does it's like a pod race that's <laughs> i love it. it's exactly, a pod race for exactly helmet. what it looks like i'm just <laughs> waiting for him to be like come on guys let's go <laughs> Woo! <laughs> So we do. Any me knows so like it. <laughs> I can't do Jar Jar. Fuck Jar Jar. Uh, anyway, so that's what happened to Anakin. Yeah, he used to just fat hillbilly. Grew up to be. He somewhere. didn't go to the dark side. He went to the flannel side. <laughs> I don't know. If, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so he picks up uh, this like this old saw, and the girl's like pleading for her life, and we, the record. We hear the record playing that Turkey in the Straw song. 
as the killers like walk towards her, saw in hand, blackout. Now we get like the rest of the main titles and credits. Now during the credits, we get flashes of someone like cutting film strips and setting up like an old movie projector, mixed with flashes of Tubby uh, killing the girl by basically standing behind her. And for a lack of a better way to describe it, he's kind of like strangling her with the saw, with the with saw the, teeth, with, yeah. the t- with the teeth going into her neck, and he's he's pulling her and strangling her so tight and so strongly that her head is basically nearly cut completely off, uh, and she's dead. It's a pretty good effect. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like goddamn. <laughs> you know I will I mean? say, yeah, it's a pretty. I liked it. It was. It looked really good. Um. <laughs> So now we cut to this bright, sunny country road, and we meet the brothers, Brian and Pete, and they, as they drive in Pete's shitty old truck down the rural roads, and we learn that they're supposed to be meeting up with their friends, Zach and Rachel, for like a camping weekend, and that Brian hates the woods. Brian, Brian is a bitch in this movie. I'm sorry. He's a bitch. He, yeah, <laughs> he's he's kind of a bitch. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say. But at the same time, he's got some decent lines. Hey, I'm not know. saying he doesn't have some decent lines. The Ryan is actually surprisingly better than I thought it would be in this movie. There is some decent uh, natural like banter back and forth and some right. some. some very realistic exchanges. And so I'm not saying the writing is bad, but Brian is just a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he does not want to be there, and he's letting it be known. Yeah. And something funny about Brian, too, is when you're in the truck and they're driving down, he turns off the radio, puts on his headphones, and he starts playing a Walkman. A Walkman. This is 2008, and he's playing a Walkman. Straight up tape cassettes. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> huh? Huh? Unless by some reason this was supposed to take place back in the 80s, right. which I don't think it is, right. based on like the clothing and right. everything else that's going on in this movie. Yeah. Because there's cell phones and stuff. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, like who in 2008 <laughs> was using a Walkman? That's a great point. So the brothers pull into the, into the Queen's Gambit. It's like this roadside restaurant where they're supposed to meet up with uh, Zach and, and his girlfriend, Rachel. And Brian heads in to take a dump. And this is where we meet the owner-operator, Billy Hill, Billy Hall Carver, and his dog. Billy Hall. Now, I do want to say that I really like the way actor David Holland plays Billy Hall. Um, but you know right off the bat that there's some, this guy has something else going on. There's something going on about this guy. But, but I he- liked him. I like. I like the guy. I, I liked him. I gotta admit, he because we haven't we've seen this type of character before all the time. You see the shot, the creepy owner of the hotel or the restaurant or the gas station yep. or the the heart, you know, the store, whatever. You've seen this guy a million times, and here he is again. But he's playing it close enough to the chest that you can say, yeah, he's he's not over the top. No, he's not like he's real yeah. creepy and like mm-hmm. and and. And shady or thing like that. He's he's a little bit uh little welcoming, and, but you can tell there's a little something going on uh, behind guy, the scenes he, there. He nails it. Yeah, I mean, he, I gotta say he's he did awesome as this role. I really enjoyed it. Because I mean, for for pretty much a typecasted type of character. Yeah, you know, again, I know. would love to see this guy in more like independent horror movies. And kind of like even I don't care if it's you know typecasting or stereotype. I love this guy, and I I thought you did. I I, don't know, I liked him. Uh, so anyway, Brian is like, hey, can I use the bathroom? I need a pack of smokes. And Billy Hall's like, all right, here just. You know, points in the right direction. Uh, he Brian finds the to- toilets, which are just disgusting and shit covered. Like they just like a buffalo's ass just exploded on these toilets or something. And outside, Pete's want he wanders over to a dumpster for some reason. Like, I don't know what 
draws him to go over to and hang out by a dumpster. I don't understand the logic behind right. that. Like, I'm just sitting in my car, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out by this dumpster That's all of a sudden. like, the last place I want to go hang out And by. the only reason he does it is so he can, like, slide open, like, the little side door and, like, spit his gum inside. Is he that, like, environmentally conscious? Like, I can't spit my gum on the ground. How, I have to put it into the dumpster. How polite. I know. <laughs> my God. He's like, man, if I spit my gum out, someone might step in it. If I, I mean, throw it in the grass, maybe a squirrel will eat it and get indigestion. Maybe I should go I mean, that is, like, some Boy Scout paladin-level right. bullshit going on right there. Top shelf goody two <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um... And it, once he opens up the dumpster, he sees, like, you know, bloody remains of something. They're just like, you know, you don't really can't really tell what it is. Um, and that's where he gets startled by a fat guy in a beige shirt and overalls who's throwing away a toaster. And Tubby just laughs at Pete and walks away. Um, so we go back to Brian taking his shit. And the bathroom, he hears the bathroom door open. And he thinks it's Pete, but no response. And then suddenly Zach slides, God, just slides his head underneath the stall wall while his girlfriend Rachel takes a picture from above of Brian on the shitter. Now this movie's known for its gore, but this may be the most disgusting thing to me in this whole movie. Because they show this bathroom as a fucking murder like there's someone's ass was murdered in yeah. here. Because there's literally sh- they even say, how can you shit on the wall? There's shit everywhere. Yeah, like, on the walls, on the floor, on the toilet. Yeah. But and yet this guy says to lay down on the floor and slide across the floor underneath the stall wall just to surprise Brian who's taking his shit. That's disgusting. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that floor. That is utterly the grossest thing in this whole movie to me. Uh, but it did remind me of a fact that back in the days when I worked at Famous Bar, it, well, now Macy's, uh, I, that literally happened. I was present when that happened, and it did the most disgusting thing I'd ever been in. So wait a minute, you saw someone slide underneath a stall? No, no, no. I was in the stall next door to somebody who axe exploded and he shit on the walls of the stall, the back wall, the all three stall walls got covered in shit. The toilet was covered in shit. The floor was covered in shit. And I was like, I was like liquidy. Like I like lift my legs up off because I was shitting too. Jesus. <laughs> And the poop was, like, coming underneath the stall towards my feet. Like, ah! It was the grossest thing ever. And I was working there. Like, I was like, and I remember, the only thing you remember is the shit and then the shoes of the guy. So I finished up. And he, he I don't think he, he didn't, he just went, I don't even know if you're white. But he just, he went in, did a thing, and he turned on and left. Didn't clean up at all, of course. He's like, fuck that. I'll let somebody else clean that shit up, literally. And so <laughs> I, I walk out when I'm done. I, I remember I'm walking back towards my, uh, my my work area where I was in the, uh, the suit and meant suits and the dress clothes, and I look I'm walking by this guy I'm like I don't see the shoes, and he was saying that like like I guess his wife or girlfriend I can care something like and I, I didn't say anything but was like I know you dirty motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> I know what you I did you. I know what you cleaned your shit up <laughs> it was the grossest this most disgusting God. thing I've ever been you've never told me that one. Oh. Anyway, That's horrible. Yeah, so we we go back to the main restaurant where all four of the friends are together. Billy Hall offers them some coffee. They sit down, they chit chat for a bit. You know, it's this is the banter stuff. Um, and then Zach starts to mention that there used this used to be like a camper's hey paradise here. A lot of yeah. campers in this area. A lot of people had to come here, and all of a sudden, for some Hot reason, spot. it just started going down. Yeah, like now it becomes here anymore. And and uh, of course, bitch Brian is like, wait, well, what do you mean? Why doesn't anybody come anymore? And he gets cut off by uh, Billy Hall bringing him the coffee. 
And then Rachel sees Tubby watching them through the window from outside. And in comes the local sheriff who tells Billy Hall that he wants to talk to Bobby Shaw, which I'm sorry, but every time I hear someone in this movie say Bobby Shaw because they're using that hillbilly accent, all I'm hearing and thinking about is Barbasol shaving cream. (laughs) So it's like Bobby Shaw. Bobby Shaw. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. Bobby Shaw, Bobby Shaw. So the sheriff whispers uh, some things to Billy Hall about something needing to stop. And he realizes that Bobby is basically a kid, but I can't really make it out. And I'm not sure if it's, if we're supposed to or not at this point. Um, it's hard to tell because one of the, the mo- main problems in this movie is the sound quality. It yeah. goes in and out a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. No, it, it's not. Um, so I don't know if that's by design. We're not supposed to hear what they're saying. Like one of those weird, like, I or it's just the sound design going out here. I think it the was sound the dropping. sound going out, honestly, because it's you can make out enough that you can understand. But what I'm saying, it's like, it's like one of those things like you hear, like you see like cartoons where or, when everybody's hauled up together and, well, and you hear like one word and then, and you know, so it's like, I don't know if it's supposed to be that type thing or mm-hmm. if it's just the bad sound. But regardless, uh, Billy goes off to get Tubby Bobby, and Sheriff tells the group that they don't get many visitors in this parts anymore. And again, bitch Brian asks, hey, explaining that, why Why don't you get visitors? But before you can answer, in comes Billy with Bobby Shaw, Barbara Shaw. Bobby Shaw. Barbara Shaw. And Billy whispers in Bobby's ear not to say anything about it. So, again, yeah, no, so no surprise. There's definitely something yeah. going on with Billy up to something which can't be good. And the sheriff takes Bobby for a ride in his cop car. As a group of friends, they they leave. Uh, but Bob, Billy stops him to ask him for a favor. He's like, "Hey, I need help moving inventory from this uh, like storage shack I have way over yonder." Uh, yeah, can you help me with that? And the guy's like, "They're like cows because I kind of want to fucking do that." Right. But he's like, "Hey, I'll give you fifty bucks, and then you can drink all night on the house for free. You know, just help me out." He's like, and "They're like, he's sold. Deal, deal. Free beer, you got." It. I'm a little. Talking about this shed, you know. I mean, oh, well, I was going to talk about the shed when we get to it, but yeah, if you want to talk about it now, we can talk about it now. Yeah, just the relationship and the proximity to the restaurant. Yeah, you know, in in the well, the thing is, like, it, it's not, it's not like he's got like this like little like shed behind out behind back. Like this shed is like miles and miles away. Right? He's like, oh, it's on the way to the campground. You you know, it's, you'll be right there by. You can see it from the campground. So apparently you have to drive like 10, 20 minutes away to get to the shed to bring the stuff back. Uh, so it's not like it's out back or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's again, that's a odd thing. Like, I don't know, store stuff so far away. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Um. <clears throat> So now we cue the driving montage. You always have to have the driving gotta montage. Have the driving you montage. gotta have it. For some reason, it still holds on. <laughs> it's still there. It's 2008 in this movie. Come on, guys. Everybody's doing the driving montage. And they drive out to the middle of nowhere. They unload their camping gear, head out to find their campsite. And this is when they meet Kate, uh, another camper who's waiting for her friend Gina to arrive. Uh, now, the, group, the, the main group just decides to basically invade Kate's yeah. campsite. With all their and stuff, their stuff, which is really weird and odd to me. It's rude. It's like, yeah, it's like why would you just invade a, a stranger's campsite? It's like they like this manifest destiny, this shit or something. I don't know. It's like we're taking over. <laughs> we're invading. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> they planted their flag. This is now the sovereign nation of I don't know the asshole group or something <laughs> like that. It's just I mean they're in this basically wide open wilderness. Nothing yeah. around. For, they yeah. can go any day they want. But it's like oh. We're going to take over your spot. 
Yeah, it was so nuts. It was so weird because, but Kate just, and she even mentions later, she's like, I like to get away from it all. I like to get, you know, out and be by myself. And these assholes just come right next. And she's just like, okay, that's fine. Like, totally Hi. Fine. Have you seen my friend? Yeah. Uh, it turns out Gina was the girl we saw get basically beheaded in the opening of the movie. She's missing. Yeah, she's missing. So we jump back to the sheriff and, and Bobishaw. And uh, the sheriff leads Barbashaw out into the woods where the sheriff shows Tubby the dead, bloody body of a naked blonde woman. And he says to Tubby that you wouldn't have known anything about this now, would you? Yeah, and, he's got his arm around him. Yeah. It's all kind of creepy. It's a little creepy, yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the scene. And we go back to campers. Uh, and Pete and Kate, they're hitting it off right away. Like, they're, they're you can tell there's something. They're going to. There's. There's uh, Smush. <laughs> birds appearing and, and, you know, little woodland creatures going, yeah. because they're talking and getting Why along. Why do birds yeah. suddenly appear? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those. It's, yeah, it's basically yeah. that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we are, so basically, it's more true. And then we just cut now to a hiking montage. They're all hiking through the woods, and including Kate, who's now part of the group. She's just with them. And eventually they arrive at Billy Hall's quote-unquote storage shed, which is basically a giant old barn, more like a granary or like an old wooden warehouse. It's just a big-ass barn. It's huge. It's a big-ass barn. Yeah, but to say it's like my storage shed yeah, is a yeah. bit of a <laughs> misleading. Uh, it's massive. <laughs> so uh, they all head inside, and they find, you know, they get like, oh, there's the mason jars or where the shit they're supposed to be. They find it right away. <laughs> but, of course, Zach can't help but snoop around. He breaks into a cabinet and finds these stacks of old film eight strips. Mil- eight millimeter Thank films. you, eight millimeter film yep. strips. Um, and Kate finds the old movie projector next to him. She's like, hey, let's just set it up and start watching these. And while we're invade- basically invading this guy's property, let's just sit around and watch a movie. Right? I found this very strange. <laughs> I found it very strange, too. Like, yeah. I didn't find it very probable that it was just what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of weird. It's like, okay, you're, you're helping this guy out. You're grabbing crap, and you're going to help him set up his stuff. And you just take time to just you know stop chill set up an eight millimeter which i don't know how to well, do. exactly like how many college kids in 2008 know how to set up an old film projector and make it work yeah i don't think many millennials know how to do that yeah and <laughs> it's just kind of like huh uh plus the fact that they were bitching about they didn't you know always take too much time we yeah like, we did we're on vacation we don't want to do this you think this that's a get in get out and we can get back to our thing or we can start getting drunk for free right but no we're gonna stay and watch these movies so, um, so the film starts and we hear that goddamn Turkey and the Straw song again. And the film shows Tubby and his mask killing campers in the woods. And the group, of course, just thinks that this is like a really bad and just poorly done old, like horror movie. And we see a naked blonde girl get killed by a saw to the face. And her boyfriend gets like the curved part of the crowbar, like, it's stuck through his, like, his soft eye hole. We'll bring that back. Soft eye Soft hole. eye hole. And then, like, his face is, like, cut in half or something like that. It's, yeah. It's really... Uh, so they're showing this sequence of, you know, like, they're making out, and Tubby comes along and, you know, spoils the fun. Yeah. Uh, but the guy in this scene is running away... Tubby has a crowbar tied to, a, like, a spool of string. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a proper rope. <laughs> while the guy's running away, he's able to throw it over the guy while he's running and hook it right into his eye. Crap, it hooks the fucker. Yeah. Like he's fucking Legolas or something. 
with the power of the elves, <laughs> real elvish rope. You know, <laughs> I mean, what the what is going on? That was like a one in a million shot. Yikes! <laughs> I, I, then he's pulling him back with no with no effort. Right, this guy, yeah, he's a big guy, but he's not like muscular big. He's just tubby and chubby and he's they always say like yeah we know he's supposed to be like a kid so he's supposed to be like mentally slow or like the, the, like the mental capacity of the kid but yet he's like incredibly like athletic and like super strong to do all this <laughs> it's like what is happening <laughs> what's going on it's, I mean, it's like what <laughs> so as this movie goes on and on like uh the group starts to become a little more uneasy uh and katie's like i gotta get out of here she goes outside and of course pete Fouls are out pretty much immediately, and they chit chat outside. It doesn't matter. Pete's uh, like game on. You know? Yeah, Pete is like all about. He he is like he's like Luke Skywalker in the trench of Death Star. He's staying on target. <laughs> Stay, on Stay, target. On target. Stay, Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Pete's gonna get some. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> he wants to get his photon torpedo in the in her vent hole. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he wants to bomb that swamp rat. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> okay, so uh, shortly after, Bitch Brian shows up and tells him that he thinks something is off about those movies and that they just need to get out of here. Yeah, he's like, man, these, are, these aren't just shitty horror movies. I've seen a lot of horror movies. There's something off about these movies. He's like pretty sure they're snuff films. Yeah. Um. So, and that's when they hear something, co- uh, something coming and they see branches moving in the distance. So they quickly rush back in to get the others and they try to like, put everything back as best they can and then leave. And on the way back, Brian just stops to take a piss because like, you know, when you're scared, you want, don't want to get caught. You stop to take a piss. Sure. It's you don't, so don't hold funny. that. It's so funny. It sounds like he's getting sick or something. He's like, Oh, stop. Oh, stop. And it's like, what? what's wrong? He's like, I think I drank too much water. Yeah. Like, Dude, just hold it. <laughs> Fuck. You yeah. Know? You're making your escape. Hey, essentially. Yeah, I know you're trying wait, to wait on. Gotta pee. Gotta pee. Nature calls. But I think I drink too much water. Oh, you know no. what else is weird though? Like, why make your escape? Like, I understand. Okay, you want to put things back the way they are, but why freak out, and run away? Because if it if it is Bobby Hall, the guy they think it is, coming back, then they shouldn't be upset because he's the one who told him to come there in the first place. Like, hey guys, we're here to pick up your stuff. We're about to bring it to you. That's all they would have to say. Like, oh, okay, it's cool. Well, I mean, they're putting the shit away, the movies and yeah, stuff Yeah, but like then they, like, get, they have to skedaddle true. like, oh my God, yeah. we can't get caught here. Yeah, they but they were put, sent here by It him. makes sense to scatter and put the stuff away, but it doesn't make sense for them to like make a That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. where, that's where it doesn't right. make sense. So, um, yeah, so, and, uh, so Brian's peeing and he realizes that uh, he finds this old like stone fireplace in the wood, like big stone structure, and he realizes like this is the same one he saw in one of those movies Where they that, just watched. That, that couple got killed. Yeah, and he, and he finds a human tooth on the ground. Where fucking hookshot took place. Which, yeah. by the way, find the odds of him finding this tooth are so ridiculously low because it's like buried. He's like scaring it under leaves. He finds it's like there's no way you would. Yeah, see and this. it's not like it's not like there's a bloody mass. No, it's it's just one tooth mm-hmm. it's not like there's bits of hair or there's a sign of a struggle or blood there might have or... been a little bit of blood on one like the stones of the fireplace but uh but even then to find the tooth under these but leaves is ridiculous yeah, i didn't notice that uh so we we're skipping ahead to later that night the group's back at the queen's gamut they're drinking singing karaoke the pe- place is packed with people so i guess yeah. all the locals so the place is full mind you also. which by the way the locals are all like 20 somethings <laughs> 
and for, in, and in shape. Yeah, all in shape, skinny, twenty somethings. That like for a redneck town, you'd think they'd be like a little more, you know, middle aged, gray old man, grumpy old there, man. There's some older thing. people. There were some older people. Not a whole lot, but uh, there's a lot of younguns in there. Uh, so you know, Rachel's act they're drunk, and uh, they basically after karaoke, they he gets into a fight with one of the locals over Rachel. Long story short, Zach gets punched in the face. Rachel throws up on Pete, and uh, that's and then Zach, you know, is like, "Hey, I need to use a bathroom because uh, the lines are too long for the main one." So Billy Hall's like, "All right, there's an outhouse about a hundred yards behind the building." Before we go to the outhouse, when Zach's on his way to the bathroom to clean himself up, yes, and there's that big line. Yeah, he's walking through the line and he's trying to get by. And one of the guy goes, "Hey, man." No cuts. You can't cut in the front of the line. And he goes, man, I just got to clean my face. Like, well, what makes you better? Well, who do you think you are? Tony Danza? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes! Oh, my God. Again, it makes me think, is this supposed to be the 80s? It was <laughs> the best line. <laughs> who do you think you are? Tony Danza? Like, you think a like, rare name to drop. You'd say something like, you're obviously he's trying to say someone who's better than you or someone who may be very wealthy or in high esteem. And the slurry. first person you think of is Tony Danza. Angela. Hey. Jonathan. Mona. Samantha. Mona. God damn. Tony Danza. I thought, yeah, it's great. Not like... You could just say a king of England or yeah. the president, Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. The Pope. Or I, else. I laughed quite a bit at that one. So, <laughs> Zach heads out of the Queen's Game and in tr- to go find the outhouse, and he gets inside. And once again, just like the other toy, the toy is just—it's disgusting. It's just shit it's covered, caked in shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like like that's what. It's like. <laughs> There's gore in this movie, but the thing that's the most disturbing... So far, there's been more shit than gore. The shit quality of this movie is off the hook. Their shit game is strong. <laughs> the shit is strong with this one. It really is. So, basically, but he doesn't use... it. He just goes and he washes his face off, washes a little bit of blood off his face. And then he looks down the shit-covered toilet and says... Well, fuck it. And he starts taking his pants off this shit. Like, I would go shit in the woods before what? I shit on that thing. How, I don't care how drunk I am. How bad do you have to shit where it's like, <laughs> no, I'm sitting on this caked crap toilet. It's not like it's even dry shit. Like, there, it's like moist, like fresh shit on they it. They showed a maggots crawling on it, <laughs> yes. too. Like, this is a fucking toilet from hell. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I would never be that drunk. I like, I would go shit in the woods somewhere, or sh- I just shit my own hand before I use that toilet. It'd probably be more sanitary. It probably would be. So we go back to the group as they're leaving the restaurant. They apologize to uh, Billy Hall for the way Zach was acting, and uh, meanwhile Zach's in the outhouse and he starts hearing laughing coming from outside the the, um, the the outhouse, and he thinks again that it's Brian trying to get back at him for earlier. And then suddenly the door just flies open and in comes Tubby. He hits Zach over the head with something. I can't tell what it was. And then he handcuffs him to a pipe. Um, and then Barbasol picks up the just picks up the toilet, which comes right up. Just lifts the Komodo. So, like, apparently the toilet was never even connected in the first because it just comes right off. And shit comes out the bottom. It covers. Dumps the shit all over Zach. Again. Oh, this like- is... <laughs> 
just when you think the shit game is at top shelf, they go another notch up and they dump it all over a victim. I will say this shit looked kind of weak. It looked like it just they just dumped like a big bowl of chili on or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, yeah, you get the point. And then Tubby drops the toilet on Zach's ankles, basically crushing them. He then kneels down next to Zach, who is naked from the waist down, and you do see the full twig and berries here. If again, if you're watching the uh, uncut version. He pulls out, like, a large pair of pliers, uses them to grab one of Zach's balls. Uh, Zach then pisses himself, which you see that, too. Yes. Um, he Then Tubby squeezes the pliers around Zach's testicle. Of course, he's screaming in agony as Tubby squeezes the pliers so tight around his ball that his ball explodes. It Explodes. And you see this in all of its close-up glory pubic hair and everything ball just exploding and popping right there close up to the camera i believe that's a horrible horror first yeah uh it's pretty goddamn visceral it the image will stick with you i will say that and i even want to this is a first for us yeah i do not think we've ever had a a ball squeezing explosion i'm watching this scene and i didn't think about it but i looked down i'm i got both hands on my dick i'm just like oh and i didn't even think about it i'm just like oh my god i'm protecting myself after watching this uh so after the ball explosion we go back to the campsite uh brian pulls out this pocket magnifying glass Gives new meaning to the term busting balls. <laughs> busting nut, yeah. <laughs> Ball crusher, yeah. Real... All right. Ball buster. Ball buster. Uh, so, yeah, Brian, he pulled out this magnifying glass from his pocket and, he's, and a, a, film strip he's, a film strip he stole. And using the light from he, he starts going through it frame by frame. In comes Pete, who gives Brian shit for stealing the film. Pete's like, you know, he's like, hey, you know what, Brian, I'm sorry. I've been a bit tough on you, but I know you didn't want to be here. Tell you what, why don't we leave first thing in the morning? We'll go to the amusement park together. Like, yay! <laughs> why do you say, little whippersnapper? I'll buy you some ice cream and we'll go on the Toronto World Cups all day. Like, really, Paul? I just, you? That's I, swell. I know. <laughs> and Brian's not that old. I mean, he's not young. I mean, he's. <laughs> they're both college. They're basically the same age. He's old enough to drink. Because they're both so... saying, uh, both, both brothers were going up to like Columbia or something for their master's degree. Uh, after the, you know, when the summer well, was, was over or something was like that. Zach and Pete were getting there. I thought it was Brian and... and... No, because Zach and Pete did a fist bump. And yeah, but go, I thought it was Brian because he had the, the... Yeah, right. I don't know. I thought it was Brian and Pete, but Regardless, he's a college student. Yeah, they're both college students. So, uh, anyway, Brian tells Pete that they can go return the film tonight while Billy Hall is still bartending and he'll never know he's missing. Nothing, no, no harm, no foul. So he's like, all right, fine. Uh, Pete tells Kate that they're leaving for a bit. Can you please stay, keep an eye on Rachel, who's basically drunk in her tent while they're gone. So we cut to Tubby, who's dragging a body through the woods, which at this point I just assume is Zach, but you don't really see a face. You just see him dragging a body. Um, back at the, the storage shed, Brian and Pete, they return the film strip, uh, and Brian finds like then a side room with like dozens of film strips like hanging from clotheslines, like, like drying, a, like a makeshift dark room. Yes, very much like uh, drying from the the uh, chemical baths mm, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so he grabs one to t- look at, and it, this one shows Gina and Kate in the film strip. Um, so as they're looking at it, in comes Tubby and forces him to hide real quick. Tubby notices that the lock on the cabinet where the the film strips were been kept has been broken. And he then he goes like to a side room and dumps like a body in a body. He's carrying like a body bag and he dumps that off. Mm-hmm. And Brian Pete then head down some back stairs, you know, like to escape or at least because the other way is blocked off by Tubby now. 
And at the bottom of the stairs, Brian trips in a puddle of blood. How you trip in a puddle, I don't get it. But he trips in a puddle of blood and notices several, like, severed arms and legs by a scattered around the room. Uh, Tubby comes down the stairs and, like, closes the door they just went in. Like, not realizing they were in there, I don't think, but, but just kind of, like, oh, door's closed, and I'll close it. And it, it locks them in there. So they're trapped now. Uh, back at the campsite, Rachel gets out of her tent wearing only a wife beater and her panties. Ooh! <laughs> and it's looking nice. It is looking very, she looks good. I will say she looks great. Um, and she starts to wander off, but, uh, Kate stops her wanting to know what she's doing. What the hell you're doing? And Rachel basically tells, you know what? I actually, uh, I, I like, I got to say, I like this little exchange between these two. It was, I thought, good. It was really, I thought again, like I thought it was great acting. Uh, by the actors, they played off really well, really casual, not over the top, not too bad. Uh, and again, the writing was pretty realistic. Uh, I like seeing actually so much, uh, and that fact, fact that Kate says something that I loved in this movie because it's like it's just kind of in a, a wink, wink to horror movies in general. Uh, I actually had the clip recorded. I'm going to play it for you guys. It's about maybe 40 seconds long or so, but um, it's a good, nice little clip. So just uh, sit back and enjoy this. Whoa, 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 where are you going? I, I heard Zach. I just want to tell him I'm so, so sorry, and I, I can't sleep without his snoring. Let's just get you back in your tent, and you get some sleep, and when Zach gets back, I'll wake you up, okay? Okay, 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 okay. Zach? Zach's not out there. Come on. No, that's I know because I know his beat steps. Okay, well, you're not going into the woods to find out. Didn't you ever hear about that little girl who wandered into the woods at night and her fuck me skivvies? No. Yeah, that's because it never happened. No one's dumb enough to do that. Right? Right? I'm going to get back to my book now. Just get in your tent. You weren't dumb enough to do that. So there's that clip. And I just don't, like I said, I like it. I think it's, they did a really good job with that exchange. Uh, plus, it's not easy to play drunk convincingly without being completely over the top or ridiculous about it. And I think Kristen Green did a really good job with that. It was funny. It's, you know, she's had a little bit of humor to that scene, which is also supposed to be serious. Um and this again, the whole thing about nobody goes in the roads and the fuck me skivvies. Yeah, th- that's great because they always do. <laughs> they always do, and that's that's probably one of my that's again one of my favorite parts as well. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it just has a good um, it's a good moment coming back together uh, where it's it kind of gives a wink wink nudge nudge to like you said the like whole the genre horror, horror genre like right right <laughs> so we're not gonna do this. <laughs> But she doesn't. Anyway. She doesn't. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Kate goes back to read her book. You gotta have it. And, and Rachel just like, actually, she's like, ain't nobody did you do that. And she's like, gives Kate the finger and just walks off into the woods. And I kind of like Kate here too. Kate's just like, fuck you. You know, Kate just lets her go. Well, not at first. She's like, she because she didn't see it because she gave her the finger as she's walking away. But then she hears her stopping. Like she kind of looks at me. And she's like, Ugh, and she gets up and goes back after her. Uh, that's what I. That's what happens. Yeah, but it, it's it's a. Kind of wish she just wouldn't have been like, fuck her. You know, because she doesn't, <laughs> one, she doesn't know her. She's just met her today. 
You know, too. Maybe, she's an maybe, adult. maybe. You know what? Maybe that happened. Maybe she's like at first, like you know what? Fuck her. Let go. And then she's like, oh, God damn. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go after her. Uh, because I promised my boyfriend Pete, my Russo, my new, uh, my, new my, my new boo. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So drunk, like I said, drunk Rachel goes off anyway, and uh, Kate does end up going after her. And we go back to Pete and Brian, and they're trying to break, uh, uh break open, you know, bust out that door. Uh, but again. Or Pete's trying to break open the door. Well, Brian, well, Brian again is being a little bitch, is cur- cow- cowering in the corner, <laughs> like curled up in the fetal position, cowering like a bitch in the corner. Good yeah. God! Yeah, <laughs> get it together, motherfucker! Jesus! Uh, they end up, you know, uh, and so they end up winding around the basement now, looking for another way out, and they come like these one of the rolling metal doors that kind of seem like you know, the warehouse loading yeah. docks or An industrial, bay. yeah, yeah, and uh, but they can't get it open. So out in the woods, Rachel's calling out for Zach, just being drunk and dumb. And she finds herself at the shack, I believe, like maybe the other side of it or the other end of it. And she turns around to leave. And that's when Barbersaw pops up behind her and hits her in the fucking face with a hammer. And Rachel takes us like a champ. Hammer time. I mean, yeah, she's <laughs> she is knocked down, but she gets like right back up. And only has a somewhat bloody nose after getting hit in the fucking face with a hammer. Hey, man, sometimes when you're drunk, that pain just does not register very well. She, She's huh? <laughs> but it's a fucking hammer to the face. And she she runs away, tries to hide in one of the nearby buildings, which I guess is like the again, backside of the shack. I don't know. Um, and she grabs a pitchfork and does her best to try to barricade the doors. Um... Her drunkenness is totally gone now, which I can imagine the hammer to the face <laughs> would sober you up pretty quickly. <laughs> some might say splash a little bit of water on your face or drink some coffee. Yeah. I think we just found uh, the solution. <laughs> it has to be hit you in the face with a hammer. So the next time I have a few drinks, I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to have to drive Marshall. I better keep that hammer handy. I'll keep a hammer in my trunk at all times. Give me a good whack on the nose. I'll be good to go. So she backs up a few steps, and, but she's barefoot, and she steps on a large nail. Uh, this causes her to scream out a bit. Tubby shows up behind her again. Rachel turns around just in time to get hit in the fucking face again with a hammer. <laughs> she drops to the ground, but she's still conscious. At least this one fucks her up a little bit more. She's She's a little groggy, but she's still there. Tubby starts to pry the nail out like yeah, the piece of wood it was weird. in. This is weird. All of a sudden, inspiration hits. You know? Yeah. Oh, we got some ringing going yeah. on here. Sorry. Um, inspiration hits. He sees the nail, and he's just like, huh, all right. What's going on here? And so, meanwhile, Rachel starts to stir and begins to quietly do her best to like, crawl away. Um, and now, at this point, after watching her take two hammer shots through the face, I can't get over that. I wholeheartedly believe that Rachel is a superhero that she is unbreakable. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. All she had was a little bit of a bloody nose. She's, she's with him, man. She's okay. But while he's she's trying to pry this nail out of this board, he's having a hell of a time with it. You know, for... and it's, it's, I will say it's a long nail. It's like a big-ass nail, though. But he's really having some struggles with For a guy nail. who's able to lasso a guy with a crowbar <laughs> in the eye, <laughs> can't get a and nail out of a board. <laughs> He's having a hell of a time with this nail. Yeah. So basically, he does get the nail out. He turns attention to Rachel, who has almost gotten away. 
He grabs her by her ankle, drags her back right as she's about to basically escape through like this hole in the wall, like broken part of the wall. He kneels down next to her, takes like the nine inch nail and hammers it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big ass nail. Nine inch nails though. I just loved it. I know. (laughs) Nine inch nails. Um, And hammers it into one of like, I guess her Achilles heel and then pries it out. And it does the same thing to her other one. And again, in the unrated version, it's a lot more graphic. You see it. You actually see him prying it out and do it. It's mm-hmm. pretty graphic. Um, she's screaming, crying in pain. Uh, Tubby then takes the same nail and with like one swift solid strike from the hammer, just bam, hammers it directly into her Rachel's forehead, killing her. The time when she's getting hammered on, when she's getting nailed. She's getting nailed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, she, she's not really putting up much of a fight. No, she's really not. She's and not I, struggling too much. No, and that was one thing I was He's not really with. holding her down. No. He's holding, like, he's, he's literally one, lining up the nail. Yeah, he's got one hand on her ankle, and the other one, like, is, no, yeah, he's, he's holding the nail he's one hand, the hammer on the other. The nail, and, she's, and she's not really moving. You're totally right. I even think about that. You know, she you just kind of lays her like, and takes it. <laughs> she, like, she You're going to get nailed. You better lay there and take it. That's the director talking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing. I'm like, oh, Yeah, on. she could yeah. It reminded me of that scene in Pork Chop when uh the character is laying there, the the main dude who's banging the Oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. He was just laying we there. He gets crucified. Pork yeah. Chop just goes to town on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh there's Same actually a lot of stuff that's that reminded me of Pork Chop in this movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> Again, like we're talking about the miracle shot of the crow, remind me of the miracle shot with like the long dart to yeah. the, <laughs> the perfect long dart throw. Right. And both of them are fat guys in overalls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So she, Rachel, Rachel's dead. Uh, so meanwhile, Brian and Pete they they found a, a car jack and they've used that to force open or jack up the rolling metal door, but the jack gives out and the door crushes Pete's arm, nearly severing it in half. Like it's compound fracture. Comp- it's gone. It's looking it's, bad. Yeah, and they didn't really explain. I mean. They- <clears throat> they jacked the door. They got it. They got the jack underneath. It's not like the jack flipped or buckled. And even if it did, there's still about an arm's. Thickness. Yeah, I did, I was kind of confused by this too. I didn't, I didn't like this. Yeah, it's you like know? you don't see the jack like, like the pressure like is so much that it, like you know pops the jack out and it shoots the jack across the room and the door slams shut or or that it tipped over because it was yeah. just a little off balance. It didn't. I was really confused of what yeah. caused it, to, and even like you're right, even if it did, the jack did break. The jack's still gonna be underneath the door, and it's still it's not had that cut separate the jack in half. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, because the jack's gonna be stronger than the mm-hmm. arm. It, it, so I, I don't. Yeah, I was really confused by this too. I, I wasn't. I didn't quite follow this. Um, what why this happened? But regardless, I mean, it, yeah, it's broken arm, broken arm. Yeah. So we cut. He's begging his arms useless now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the that's what you need to take away from this. Uh, we cut to Kate, who has now entered the shack, and she seems to be in the area where they first, like first were there when they found the film was the very first time. Right. And she comes across the body bag uh, that Brian Peach watched Tubby drop earlier, and she opens it up, and inside is the dead, bloody corpse of the sheriff. Yeah. So that was one of the questions I had. I'm like, what's going on with the sheriff? Well, we just found out. There it is. All right. He's so dead. There's part of me that was thinking, okay, is the sheriff in on it? Because he seems, like, really chummy with Tubby when he's going to show him a dead body. So is he is he in cahoots Yeah, with I can't have that feeling. Because like, he says this has got to stop. Like, he knows that they're killing people, but he's kind of letting it slide because maybe he's getting some back end or, like, or, or he's, like, 
oh, they're killing the outsiders that they don't want in their town or something. I don't know. And then all of a sudden he's just, but he's like, well, you got anything to know about this? As he has his arm around Like Maybe him. it's like, I kind of know what's going on, but I, you know, I can only overlook so much as long as you hide the evidence. But if you leave a dead body in the woods, I can't do anything about that. It made that. me kind of think a little bit of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, like the law... The, the, sh- the sheriff or whoever was yeah. was also in you know part of the family. Well, he was, yeah, he was like part of the family. Yeah, yeah, so I was thinking maybe this is the same kind of thing, but apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. Apparently was, not. Apparently not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she screams, and her screams are heard by Brian uh, down in the basement, who calls out for her, and she follows his voice to the locked door. And Brian's like, "Hey, this is what happened." He fills in on the backstory. However, all their shouting back and forth. Is heard by Tubby Barbersall and Barbershaw. Barbershaw. Uh Kate also can't open the door that they're locked behind. And Brian's like, go outside, come around to the rolling metal door. She does that, no problems. And uh they get basically Brian tells her that the films they saw were real and that they're basically the next targets. Uh they give her the keys to Pete's trucks that go get help, but hey, do not come back. She's like, I'll come back. He's like, don't no. Just go get help. Send the somebody police. anybody with a gun or something like mm-hmm. that. Just get help. And during this exchange, we see Tubby watching Kate from like around like the corner of the barn or something like that. She's, so she's watching her. Um, and on the way back to the truck, Kate finds she finds like this old trowel or hole, hole, uh, guarding hole. It, yeah, it, it's a, it's an old fashioned one. You don't see it. I mean, like yeah, these, it's like, a pretty wicked looking. It looks almost tool. more like a medieval weapon than right. a guarding tool, but yeah. Um, she makes it back to the truck with this. She opens the door, and we see Tubby again watching her from the darkness, like right like the tree line. And as she gets in, she starts up the truck, and we bloody hands come pounding on the window. She peels off, sending the killer off balance. He falls to the ground. She slams on the brakes, waits for Tubby to get back up, floors the gas, slams the truck right into the killer, and crashes into the, uh, I guess it would have been Zach's car, uh, crushing the killer between the two cars. Uh, good looking scene. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, really good. Uh, Kate gets out, seeing that the killer has somehow still survived this. She takes the pointed end of the trowel and impales it to the top of the head, uh, uh, killing him. And now her curiosity gets the better of her, and she she goes over. She removes the the the, the pod racing mask, <laughs> uh, and uh. uh and it reveals that it's exact dressed up in the killer's clothes. Bum, bum, bum. Which you can kind of tell at one point because you can see, see the guy. Okay, that's obviously a skinny guy. It's not the much, killer. Much, much skinnier. Yeah. And I got some problems with this. All right. Let, let, let's, let's, let's unrack those problems. Unwrap All right. Them. So that's that's the death scene of Zach. Yeah. So Zach and when, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, he does pop up when he's not He's not fully dead. He pops up. He's got his mouth open. He's going, okay. All right. Hands out forward, stretching out, right? If I have one hand on his balls, like, oh, his balls. (laughs) Stop that bleeding. He's like, oh, my balls. So here you got a guy who has his hands free Mm -hmm. and can speak. Yeah. That's, I know where you're going. That's my problem, too. But go, yeah, keep going. Obviously, we're on the same page about this. Take off the goddamn mask. Exactly. Say, hey, it's me, Zach. There's this crazy dude out here. Help, help, help. He it's ruptured not- my testicle with a pair of pliers. Instead, he comes up with the costume on still. Yeah. Which you'd think he would know, okay, he's trying to pose me as himself, yeah. so I'm going to decoy. No, there, there's a lot of flaws with this this logic of this scene. And he's totally. pounding on the glass going, <laughs> Yeah. Of saying- like, you don't see, like, unless there's a scene that was cut out, for, for which I don't know why they would, because it's so great, where they 
cut his tongue out or something or did something to impede him from speaking, there is no reason why he can't like said, and his exactly. hand to take the mask off and then jump up and say, hey, it's me. Help me. Right. Here's what's going on. But no, yeah, I totally agree. There's a major flaw with this scene. Use your words, Zach. Use your words. <laughs> Use your words. Um, so at this point, Tubby shows up behind her, grabs Kate and says to her, don't you worry none about him now. He was just my stunt man. And she fights out of his grip and she goes to swing the trowel at him. But Tubby just kind of takes like a, a, a little hop step back and pulls out a gun. Yeah. Pulls out a gun and shoots Kate. <laughs> Boom. Blackout. Screen goes black. Road black. We go back to Pete and Brian still trapped in that basement room. They share in a cigarette. Well, they get interrupted by the sound of Tubby starting to unlock the door. So Brian gets up, hides in a dark corner with a pipe. Uh, so and when Tubby comes in, he walks past because he's, he's focused on Brian or Pete, who's laying there bloody. And uh, so as soon as he passes Brian, he, he steps out, hits him over the head. And hit, knocks him down. But Barbasol apparently was ready for this because he basically immediately like turns and stabs Brian in the knee with like either like a screwdriver or some kind of very long skinny was, blade or it was something. Like a little saw, like a little hand saw, like almost like a pruning saw. Yeah, or like, almost like yeah, and that's good, but it almost like it's really like small. you see like, you use them like to carve pumpkins with. Right. It was <laughs> like, like a, a pumpkin carving exactly. blade. It's like a very small hand saw. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, he's he's coming to Pete. Brian jumps up, and, and Brian is a very skinny, skinny guy. Scary. He's the small. He's the smallest guy in the movie. Right. He's a very. He's portrayed as a very weak character. Well, he's the bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he when he whacks Bobby Shaw, he does knock him down, but Bobby Shaw's like, "Fuck that!" Turns around, and as Marshall said, he was kind of it was like he was he was able to roll with it. Yeah. And then he starts fucking up Brian. Yeah. He like he kicks Pete in the face just to keep him occupied. He's like, "Get out of my way." And he grabs the pipe that Brian dropped and just beats Brian over the head with it, knocking him to the floor. And again, we've always said he's a bitch, but I'm like, what a fucking pussy. He gets knocked down by one pipe strike to the head while Rachel took two fucking hammer fits to the face. <laughs> it was pretty much fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Tubby beats and stomps the shit out of Brian. And he's yelling something here at this point. He says something like, you're not... The hero of the hero, this film. like I'm the hero. Like, yeah, he's like you're, yeah. you're something like I couldn't make out what, he, but I know you're not the hero. Or he's something. like you're not the hero of this movie. I'm the hero of this movie. I'm the hero of this film. Something like that. And he's yeah. hitting him. It's like whoa, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, I wish they would have gone more with that. Yeah, like a little more backstory into like mm-hmm. the craziness of why he thinks he's obsessed with horror more, killing people. Like there was no. There's yeah. a, there's, he's he mentioned those are the only lines he has in this movie. Yeah, he don't. talks about him having a stunt double, stunt which man. is movie related, mm-hmm. and also being a hero yeah. in the movie. Yeah, so that's the only yeah. Yeah, so so he's obviously obsessed with movies or something like I that. I wish they would have explored that a little more, a little gone, a little bit it. further. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more would have been nice. Uh, so Pete now pops up behind Tubby, stabs him in the eye with something. I don't know what it was, uh, but <laughs> stabs him in the. And again, he's pretty much fine. Tubby's like. Eh, that's a minor I mean, he, inconvenience. <laughs> he, he, he shrieks and kind of grabs his eye, but he also knocks Pete. But from saying he knocks like, him so hard, he Pete flies against the wall, hits his head against the wall, and basically goes unconscious. And his head starts bleeding from the front, by the way, which is weird. He hits the well, back of the head, and then the blood he bleeds in the front. Yeah. But he kind of gets stabbed in the eye. He's like, "Eh, I'm okay." He it, rolls it, with <laughs> it. Put those pod racer goggles back pod on. Race, yeah. You're ready to go. So, um. <laughs> so, like, so uh, 
And but at this point, while this is going, Brian starts to hobble away to try to escape. So again, bitch Brian's like, fuck you, brother Pete. I'm out of here. Because <laughs> like, I'm leaving. Uh and but Tubby slams the door on Brian's hand, basically crushing it, and uh and then kicks just starts kicking the shit out of him some more. Uh with Brian on the ground, he handcuffs him to the leg of a dead girl, which I, at this point we assume is probably Gina. From the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um and as he walks away, he drops the pipe. Which Pete tries to crawl towards, but right as Pete is about to get his fingers on, he's getting his fingers on the pipe. Tubby comes back and is like toying with him. He's like, just takes it away from him, then kicks Pete in the face again, knocking him out cold. So we fade in now on Kate, who's tied to a chair. And now, sometime between getting shot and waking up tied to a chair, she has somehow managed to change her clothes. Right. So I'm guessing Tubby had stripped her down and dressed her in like this white dress, which. May or may not be some kind of old wedding or prom dress or something. It was like a combination between a dress and a slip, almost. Yeah, it, but it was definitely a dress because yeah. it had like, de- like decorative, <clears throat> decorative lace or yeah. ribbon. Or... And it was thick enough that it wasn't yeah. like lingerie. But, but it, it was... looks like it has a slip yeah. look to it. Yeah. Um. Again, really weird that why because we never we never see him do that with any of his other victims, like like Jean in the beginning. She which was in her been... underwear. Yeah, it was in her underwear. So and maybe he, he hadn't did, changed he, her he didn't yet to, to Deb or. The drunk girl, Rachel. Um, Rachel, yeah. He doesn't do it to her. No, he just he just kills her in her underwear. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was gonna change Gina, but he didn't get to it. But again, it's like kind of why like, there's no reason like why he's doing like again a little more uh, like hint of why he would change her clothes when he didn't bother doing that with anybody else is a little weird. Yeah, and it's not like he looks. He never made, and there's never any indication like he was stalking Kate throughout the whole movie. Like he's in love. Like he wanted Kate to like be his his uh, leading lady, like he was in love with Kate, like you're going to be mine. Nice, yeah. There's nothing like that built up, which I kind of thought maybe that's where they're going, but there is no, nothing brought it's it not all there. together. Yeah. It's not there. Um, so um, Kate, she struggles to get free and, and, and doing so, she basically ends up smashing the chair uh, and just, you know, smashes apart and she's able to free herself. And I do have to say for someone who's been shot, She's pretty mobile and not too, not really affected too much by a bullet Jeez. wound. Fuck that bullet wound. <laughs> the women in this movie are badass. Yeah, they are. Bullets and hairs to the faces don't really stop them while the men are bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Shit dumped on them, kicked in the face, getting their nuts squeezed off. I'll give that one. I will give Zach yeah. that one. <laughs> but goddamn. Oh. So... Once she's free, Kate finds a shotgun like, hanging on the wall with a bunch of like various weapons, like pickaxes and pitchforks and all sorts of like old like shit like that. Uh, now we cut to Tubby turning on his record player, and the wonderful hillbilly sounds of Turkey in the Straw echo throughout the building. And it one glorious. more time, oh god, gotta bring it back. And then Tubby approaches Pete, who's now chained to the floor somehow, and he's got a sledgehammer in his hand. And Pete's like, where's my brother? What'd you do with him? And Tubby's just standing over him with that sledgehammer in hand while he he hauls, playing in the background. <laughs> uh, he then goes like, like uh, Kathy Bates' misery style. He like, smashes Pete's legs with the hammer. He just starts going to town on Pete with this sledgehammer. Yeah, he is systematically just smashing every like, bone in Pete's he's body. He's not going for the kill. No. He's, he's going for torture. Yeah, he's yeah. smashing legs, ribs, his che- sternum, his chest plate. Like... And it, like, in one of the shots of the chest, uh, he hits him sore in the chest. Like it, it basically, blood erupts out Pete's mouth, like Old Faithful. Like it's, it's it 
Wow. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like just... Uh, so at this point, we cut to Brian, who is starting to stir now a bit, as he can hear the sickening thuds of peeking just worked over by the sledgehammer. And uh, Brian, he pulls the blade out of his kneecap and uses it to cut the foot off the dead girl he's handcuffed to, freeing himself. And then starts to crawl to the other room where Pete is just getting turned to mush, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's, Pete then we see pudding. The sh- Pete pudding. <laughs> Tubby lowers the hammer, uh, the head, the hammerhead, like the Pete's face level, like the camera angle. So it's right in front of his face, and then he pulls back the sledgehammer, and basically just explodes Pete's head with like one final swing of the the, the just hammer. Like caves his face. Yeah, just in destroy. It. It's done. And they show it, man. Yeah, they're, they're like I said, like I said, the gore in this movie is it's legit. Like there, it's it's pretty graphic after that hit pete's face looks like the pie jason biggs fucked Fuck. yeah in, exactly. in it really pie. does it just a smushed bloody mess um i think i meant no no um <laughs> so brian now crawls up behind tubby and in a really stupid fucking move shouts out you motherfucker before he stabs tubby in the calf now i why I don't understand why you would give up your element of surprise at this point because that's pretty much the only thing you have going for you right. here. But stab the guy first, then yell out, then call him a motherfucker. Don't telegraph your your shot. You know you're not Babe Ruth here calling your home run shot. <laughs> you're, 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 you can't stand. You're a bloody mess yeah. on the floor, yeah. and you've well been well established as a bitch in the yeah. movie. So. <laughs> Babe Ruth, you are not. Yes, exactly. The Rock, Van Dam, you are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So Tubby Barbasol again barely reacts again, stabbed in the leg, and then just hits Brian with the sledgehammer. Brian drops the blade and he attempts to drag himself down the hallway to get away, but uh, Tubby just basically gets him pinned in the in a corner. Somebody's stalking him, dead yeah. end or something like that, and he's about to kill him with the sledgehammer when he hears the sounds of a girl crying and the cocking of a gun behind him, and he turns around to see there's Kate standing there pointing the shotgun at him. She shoots him. Tubby's blood is sprayed all over Brian's face. It's leaving him drenched it's, in blood. It's awesome. Like it is. It's like old. It's like vintage Ric Flair bleeding. <laughs> the, 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 the crimson mask. Crimson mask, yeah. man. It's just you can just see all you can see are whites of his eyes, eyes and yeah. teeth. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> it, that's it. Literally, it. like that's all you see. The rest is dark red blood. Uh, Tubby falls down dead. Kate steps over him, finds the blood, finds bloody Brian just. That's by barely hanging on. And he also she also sees like the dismembered now remains of her friend Gina. Uh Kate cries out and then does something that I cannot for the life of me figure out the logic behind. She Kate pulls a Kurt Cobain and shoots herself in the face with the shotgun. What the shit? I have to rant about this because I don't fucking understand this at all. This made me mad. It made me mad too. My like, god damn it, bitch! You 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 just killed the killer. You you made it. You could have helped Brian up and carried him out, and the two of you would have lived. But no, she fucking shoots herself in the face with a shotgun. And this is exactly what I thought too. You got Brian who's barely hanging yeah. on. Yeah, you selfish cunt. Yeah, you know, like, like, help the guy up. Right. I'm like, what in the blue flaming fuck is happening? Yeah, okay, I get it. You're going through some major shit, but you gotta come on, help the guy out. Yes. Ah. The two of you could have just gone off. Got. Oh, I don't understand this at. all. Oh, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. If I found your blight dismembered corpse, I'd be fucking freaked out too and sc- crying and screaming. But I don't know if I'd take a shotgun to my face. I'm like, I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> I just there's no afterlife or heaven or hell or whatever. And I saw you there, and I'm like, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Why did you do that, you dick? <laughs> I would, I would not be happy with you. I hope Gene is saying that to her. I hope Gene's I'm just like, what the fuck, you dumb bitch? <laughs> oh, I hated that. I, was just, I do, Yeah, I don't get it. So, anyway, we get a good shot of Brian as the camera aims through the hole in Kate's face, <laughs> yes. which is a great camera shot, by the way. I kind of <laughs> like that, yeah. Uh, Brian manages to, uh, to get up, grab the gun, and he starts to head out. And that's when he sees Pete's dead body with what's left of his face. <laughs> Fucked pie. Yeah. And then suddenly he's grabbed by Tubby, who, who's still not quite dead. Yeah, and he's able to get the gun away from Brian. Now, Brian gets his hands on a blade, and right right as Tubby gets grabbed, or sorry, right as he gets grabbed by Tubby, who he holds the barrel underneath Brian's chin, point upwards. And again, for no some fucking reason I can't fathom. The two of them just stand there looking at each other, what feels like eternity. Yeah, I'll give Tubby some the thing. The, I'll give him a little bit of credit here because he's barely hanging on. He's got blood pouring out of his mouth. Yeah, he's like on his. He's gonna die, and I'm he's not, on his last limbs. And he's so I can understand how like his. I'm, I'm sure the lights are fading. I'm sure he's maybe just, but, he's on death's door. See, I look at it a different way. I like thought maybe just maybe he's trying to like I got you now. I'm gonna I'm gonna cherish and relish this, this last moment before I kill you. I want to see the fear in your face. I Maybe that's it. But Brian, who has a blade that Tubby has no blood, just stands there and is like, waits for it, waits to be shot. Like, what? Do something! You know, you're you're both fucking weakest. I mean, but yeah, he's a big guy, but he's not, I don't think he's really that physically strong. Um, but fi- Brian, like, again, he doesn't stab him until and Tubby doesn't pull the trigger, and then finally Tubby does pull the trigger, but all he gets is a click. Empty, Empty. out of bullets. And then after another short pause, which, again, is way too long given the situation, Brian finally stabs Tubby Barbershaw in the head with this blade, and again, I don't get it. It's like, okay, first of all, stab him before he even gets a chance to pull the trigger, and even after he pulls the trigger, why are you hesitating again? Just stab the fucker. Like, what's with the waiting around? I don't get it. Uh, it's dramatic flair. Dramatic, dramatic effect. effect. Uh, again, Tubby falls to the floor dead. Brian notices a video camera that has been set up on a tripod in a corner, apparently, this whole time. And we get start to get flashes of Tubby killing someone. Uh, my guess is Pete, because yeah. you can't really see, but it looks like he's swinging he's down. Yeah, yeah, so my guess is Pete. <laughs> Brian makes his way back upstairs to the room where they all watched the film strip the first time. And he sets up another movie... Sits down in a chair, smokes a cigarette, and starts watching films of Tubby killing more campers. Which, again, I can't, I don't understand this at all. Uh, he starts to laugh and, like, golf clap. And he's like, ha, way to go. Like, he's lost it. I yeah. Guess the, I guess they're trying to portray that he's lost I it. guess. Uh, and then he has, like, a revelation. Uh, he realizes that the camera is a handheld. Meaning that there's somebody else there and somebody else is involved in the killings. He keeps and, going, handheld. He's like, handheld? Who's, who's hand it's hand a handheld. Hand it's a handheld. It's a handheld. And to himself, he's seen that over and over again. And then a large black dog just <laughs> casually runs into the room, hops up on the couch right next to him, lays down to sleep. And for some retarded reason, he doesn't see this dog. 
hear this dog, acknowledge this he's dog. obsessed with the handheld. And he's like, what? Are you, how do you not see this? And, he all, and then we see Billy Hall walk up behind Brian. Billy grabs Brian by the hair, yanks his head back, and just slits his throat. Good effect. Good effect. Uh, Billy then sees Bobby Shaw's dead body and just says, God damn it, Bobby Shaw. He doesn't say it quite with that cavalier, like, relax. He was, he's pretty distraught. He's like, God damn it, Bobby Yeah, he's, he's just like, uh, you know, like, that's... No, but I mean, it's, it's not like... Yeah. He's just like, God damn it. It's yeah. more like an inconvenience than anything else. Um, and that's it. Roll credits. Now, I did notice in some, some things in the credits uh, that... <laughs> Uh, in the section where they list all the songs they use, uh, there's a song called You're Gonna Die by a band named Spider Carcass from 1980. That's credit. But And under that, it, there's a note that says, uh, this is the only band in rock and roll history to ever have been killed by a plane crash while riding in a bus. However, I did look this up, but could not find any mention or record of this event. So I don't know. I could not find a band named Spider Carcass. Or I did find bands named Carcass. No, it's but, Carcass, yeah. But not Spider Carcass, right. even AT. So I don't... But it's still, it's a weird thing it's to put... It's pretty funny. It could, is, is it a little fun? Yeah, thing? is this like is, a little... Is, is it something silly? That is this like an inside is this joke? an actual thing? Yeah, but happened? I couldn't find it on the internet. Like, I look up Spider Carcass, band, 1980, nothing mm-hmm. about... I can't even see the band existed anywhere. Just just Carcass. This is a band named Carcass. But it'd be pretty hilarious if they were riding in a bus and a plane crashed into him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at the end, it also there's also a line that mentions... In the credits, that this movie was proudly made by hardworking children in factories. <laughs> Other than that, that that's all there is about the credits. Uh, nothing, no, there's no hidden scenes or anything like that. So uh, that's that's it. That's Carver that's 2008, Carver. the Gore Fest, uh, the unedited, the unedited version, um, which I do. Well, I'll come back to that. So anyway, let's move on to uh, favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. There's a handful, maybe five, six kills in here. Uh, and yeah, lots all of gore, pretty all pretty good, good kills. So yeah, this is going to be one of our better, you know, more to work with this week than we've had in the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as always, what's your favorite kill? Well, okay, we had some pretty decent kills overall. Um, I would have to say, I think, uh, oh, Pete getting hammer time was pretty good. You know, getting worked over, like that shot to the chest. The yeah, that shot blood. to the chest was like, that's just a yeah, great shot. Yeah, the face getting smashed, that was good. Um, you had the very first one, which was the girl getting her head kind of strangled. Yeah. You know, and she was getting strangled, and then it came, that was pretty gra- graphic. Yeah. That was good, too. But I think my favorite is just all the shit that happened to Zach. So... <laughs> uh, I just love that guy. Poor bastard. Just, he, he, he gets... Smash in the face with a hammer, get shit dumped on him, smash his legs get smashed with a with a toilet. He gets his nut smashed. Yeah. And then you think poor bastard's probably dead. No! <laughs> he goes on to get smashed with a car and then get some weird guarding tool from Satan's workshop into his head to finally finish him off. That poor fuck went through so much in this movie. <laughs> All that shit that happened to Zach is my favorite kill. All right, I, I know. Obviously, the nut busting is is pretty is pretty mem- uh, memorable. I mean, you can't yeah, forget. Yeah, definitely it, memorable. But it's not a kill. Um, it doesn't kill. Uh, my favorite kill is actually as as, as visceral and brutal as Pete's. My favorite kill you mentioned is actually I'm gonna go with Gina, the very first one. Yeah. Because when I when I saw the unedited version of this kill, 
it really like, helps set the tone. Cause I watched the edited version first. Um, cause, uh, actually I should have mentioned this at the top of the movie, but, um, you know, I'll bring it up at, uh, Odds and ends. I'll bring it up later. Uh, but I, th- that first kill with Gina with that saw, like, okay, she's stringing it in. The, the saw blade is basically nearly decapitated. It's not fully decapitated, but you see, like, a sliver of the... It's like three-fourths yeah, of the blade. And yeah, and you see, like, dangling behind her. Yeah. Like, it was good effect. It was bloody. It was like, oh, God. So, Gina, the very first kill in the movie was my favorite kill uh, for, for, for Carver. So, with that, let's move on to odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them, too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Okay, ratings. Uh, IMDb gives it a 4.8 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, no thermometer score, huh. which I'm a little surprised by because it has been out since 2008. It's coming up in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it, I know it's independent, but it's still like anything is, I, I thought there'd be some score on it, uh, but it does have a 30% audience score. And Amazon gives it a 2.8 out of 5. I'm surprised. Um Plot keywords, there were 30 plot keywords. Uh, I just wrote down a few of them when I first <laughs> caught my eye. Uh, castration, outhouse, snuff film, vagina, and shaved vagina are all plot keywords for this movie. Vagina and shaved vagina. Yeah, I maybe like, maybe when I saw these, like, wait, but like, there's a very quick glimpse of like yeah. in one of the film footages of the blonde girl in the woods of like her. She's naked. She's, she's naked. But it's yeah, such I, a quick glimpse you that. You got a really. You barely see it. Give me a proper perv to find that. Yeah, I see, yeah, it's exactly to have that is a plot keyword when it's in there for like less than a second. Right. It's that's pretty pervy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to trivia. Now this is awesome because the trivia I have a lot of trivia this week. Uh, but the reason I'm going to read all of it is because it comes straight from Franklin Guerrero himself. Thank you. This is all stuff he sent me in an email about the movie and uh, from his perspective and in his words. So uh, shout I, out, very yeah, cool. Yeah, again, Thank you. very awesome uh, about that. So uh, and again, while we're talking about how awesome he is, this is where I'll bring it up again. Like I watched the edited version first, and then I when I was talking to him, he's like, "Dude, you have to watch the unrated version." I'm like, "I'm trying, but I can't find it anywhere." It's just the are we like oh well let me take care of that he went and uploaded this movie to like a vimeo account he has uh himself the unedited version and then sent me the password for it so i could watch the the gory how it's supposed to be and he didn't have to do that no he didn't have to do that at all but he did this so like that's awesome very so cool. again Thank very you. cool to allow us to watch the unedited and i gotta say i'm glad i watched the edited version first because you definitely see night and day difference it's so much it's really night and day difference with when you add the gore. Like, is the movie that great? We'll finish. We'll get into that later. But it is so much better being able to see it in its entire, and the gore helps it along. Uh, so it really does make a big difference in this movie. So anyway, trivia. Uh, first of all, I asked the, the true story thing. It says based on true events. Yeah. And he says, and, he's like, and he says, not so much. Just some bullshit I put in because I thought it was funny. Figure if someone ever put me on the spot, I'd bullshit about some Ed Gein inspiration since so many other films say he inspired the story. But this wasn't actually inspired by Gein. Just a random story. It was made up. Um, for the most part, Carver was a pretty smooth production. We didn't really run into too many issues other than being cold and uncomfortable. Normal, low-budget filmmaking stuff. Uh, trying to make something ultra-violent and fun for very little money, working stupid long hours and enduring questionable hygienic conditions, <laughs> called in a lot of favors. Most of the gear we used was stuff I got on my last movie called Eighth Plague. Uh, a lot of actors came from out of town. They all stayed at the residence where the barn location was situated. Uh, it was a big-ass house, and the guy who f- 
that the guy who financed our movie owned. And they were like college kids in a dorm room. They loved it. Uh, really built a camaraderie amongst the cast. And I think we shot there for like four weeks in Northern Virginia. Uh, I guess our only real issue was that we were too cheap to hire a sound guy. Well, a proper sound guy anyway. We just gave a PA a microphone and said, go for it. That came to me a bit. They came to bite me in the ass later. I ended up having to record a lot of the re-record a lot of the dialogue. So that again explains probably some of the sound problems yes, we were talking about earlier. There's definitely a scene in the bar when they're re-recording dialogue. You can see it plain as day. Okay. Uh, now this is a ghost story he has from the the uh, the making of the movie. Uh, it says uh, we shot this one. We shot this one location where the owner claimed that the owner claimed was haunted. The story the guy told us was that during the Civil War, the father uh, had his son. But was uh, this? Is, I think there's a typo. The father hold his son, but he was the man of the house, and had to protect his mother now because the father went off to fight in the war. Uh, then at some point, northern troops started advancing on the house. Uh, there's this big bay window in that house, and the little boy took his rifle, smashed out the window from inside, and started shooting at the troops until he himself was killed by return fire. Fast forward when this guy bought the house. They were trying to renovate it, but they kept hearing weird noise. And every time they replaced that big bay window, it would mysteriously shatter from the inside. This happened three or four times before the guy got so creeped out that he abandoned the house altogether and built a completely brand new house about 100 yards away from the old house. It's a huge property. Okay, so here's how it ties in with Carver. The big truck that's featured in the movie, so I'm guessing Pete's truck. truck. uh, The blue and white one. Yeah, it's Pete's. Uh, We park it at the haunted house quote unquote for a while for about a week while we were shooting in the woods around it uh we moved to another location 50 miles away while we were shooting the truck was parked in empty parking uh an empty parking with lot with no people around as far as the eye could see suddenly we hear a loud crash everybody set on set turns to look at the truck seen there by itself in the parking lot the back window had been smashed but the weird thing is that there's nobody around it and almost all the glass was inside there was no glass inside but the the truck, but the glass was all over the parking lot as if it had been broken from the inside, very much like what was described to us by the man that owned the house. True story, weird, and probably explained by something rational, but still creepy as hell. Bum, bum, bum. bum. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, we use a pig leg in the one scene where the guy, where Brian has to saw through a leg in order to escape the handcuffs. When we try to cut through it quickly, we quickly realize that it's actually impossible to saw through bone with that kind of saw. Somehow we managed to break the leg and fake it. Yeah. Uh, on that note, the girl he is handcuffed to was supposed to be the girl from the opening credits, Gina, which we caught, but she wasn't available, so we actually just used Kristen Green, the main <laughs> blonde, as a stand-in, which I thought that, because when, when there's a quick shot. Those sh- legs look No, it wasn't right. a leg. Like, there was a quick shot. Like uh, It's very subtle, very quick, but there's a quick shot of her, and they show her butt, and she, the girl he's handcuffed to is wearing the pink panties yeah. that, that, that Rachel was wearing, not the ones that... Gina was wearing because they were different cut. So you noticed different panties, which I'm surprisingly not a keyword on this movie, right? The panty guys did not show up for this one. Our panty people are dropping the ball. I know. All right. So the bar location, the Queen's Gambit. This is the weird place that me and my sister go to whenever, whenever I'm in town. We say that we're going there ironically, but we actually enjoy it a lot. It really does have karaoke, and it really is ridiculous. Because uh, that place was weird. Because they had like all sorts of like weird like mounted heads. And all, the decor was really weird. It was an odd place. Christmas lights on the bar. Yeah, it was a it was a goofy place. And shit covering toilets. And shit covered toilets. Um, in the beginning of the movie, during the title sequence, the killer looks like he's peeing on a girl. That was actually not my intention. I actually had him spraying her with a hose. 
then later people would come up to me and say, dude, that's really nasty the way you had him pee on that girl. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then I looked at it again and I was, yeah, in retrospect, the way he's holding the hose, it totally looks like he's pissing on her and it looks yellow. I think that's so much more fitting than he, that he would pee on her. Happy accident. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, the testicle exploding is the only CG I used in the movie. The busticle scene. Everything else is a practical effect. Practical effects are the most fun part of making a horror movie, but it's really messy. Uh, the part where the guy gets his head smashed in with a sledgehammer. So Pete, we used a real sledgehammer on a fake head made out of wax. But as hard as the killer was hitting it, he still could not break the head because it was too thick. <laughs> the actor got so frust- frustrated and agitated, he was nearly in tears. Ultimately, we had to find some way, other way to break the head open with a bunch of us jumping up and down on it until... On it, then we fake the effect somehow with editing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. It does look it's good. Good editing. Uh, now, you'll like this one. There's a part in the movie where one of the characters tries to cut line due to a bathroom. Somebody stops and says, who do you think you are, Tony Danza? Yes. It's an obscure reference to a system of a down song. However, when Carver was dubbed in French for the French release, which by- blows my mind that there's an international release of this movie, but hey. They replaced the name Tony Danza with John Travolta, which just made me laugh my ass off for some reason, (laughs) he says. Uh, In this scene where the girl crashes the car, we didn't use a stunt driver. So when Kate crashes the car, it was really Kate driving the car. She actually did it herself. In retrospect, I regret the decision only because it was so reckless and somebody could have really gotten hurt. But she did not get hurt and she had a blast doing it. All right, we're winding down here. Um, But he took the time to write all this, so I'm going to acknowledge everything he wrote. I still have a lot of props from the movie scene around my closet, including the fake dick and testicle from the squishing scene. I like to freak people out with it. <laughs> <laughs> I personally did all the set dressing uh, for the poop smear toilets, not with my own poop, but with bouillon paste. So okay. he did all the poop. Uh, most of the set dressing and a lot of the props were just were used for just random crap we found in the barn we shot in. It was just cluttered with a lot of random crap, so we figured put it to good use. And anytime I needed to spray somebody with copious amounts of blood at once, uh, uh, blood at once in one shot, I use a t-shirt cannon. It's just PVC pipe with a CO2 cartridge rigged at the back. I would just shove a bunch of blood and goop in there and then let it rip into somebody's face. <laughs> like that shot with Brian. Brian. Oh my God. That was so awesome. It was just bloosh. <laughs> poor bastard. Yeah. Just got it in the face. Uh, and also a big thank you again for Frank, because if it wasn't for him, we would not be able to play this week's budget game, oh. but because of him, we get to play the budget game. Time for Aaron to blow his wad with the budget game. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. All right. Aaron, <sighs> what do you guess is the budget for the 2008 independent movie Carver? Got a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of information. A lot there. of information there. He mentioned low budget sound, but it was shot pretty well. Uh, it sounds like they stayed for free. Someone financed the movie. Hmm. It. Um, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they didn't use a lot of. Uh, it looks like their set was pretty small. They used pretty much everything in the barn. They didn't go shooting a lot of different places. They used that bar that they like to go to. I'm sure they didn't have to pay too much to use that. Um. Not accommodations were already taken care of. I'm gonna say seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna say seventy-five thousand dollars just for the hell of it. 
your 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 guess is seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, Aaron Southworth, just like Zach, you busted your nut. Ah. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. I like that. Budget for Carver twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. Yep. Twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. That's pretty good work for twenty five thousand dollars. And I'm surprised. You know, I, we talked about this last week or the week before. When you get to these these small, it's hard to kind of pinpoint. Yeah. Pinpoint. You know. Uh, yeah, so I don't feel too bad guessing seventy five thousand. I'm glad I didn't go all the way to a hundred. Went back down to seventy five thousand, but I'm surprised. I'm so, I'm I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, um, I do have. Before we go into five star reviews, I do want to say one thing. I remember watching this movie. I ended up watching this like years ago. I remember seeing this at one point. I came over to your house. Yeah, you were there. It. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the movies that actually kind of helped us inspire us to. Well, it was like right when we first started the podcast, a couple like two years ago. Yeah, and I was trying to find movies to do. And I watched this one. I've I, been on my list for a long time. We finally got to it. But I want to say, I think they re-released it uh, or touched it up on digital. Because I remember the first time I watched it, the film quality was not this good. I remember it being much lighter and like fuzzier, grainier. grainier and the sound quality in that version was a lot worse because you sometimes right. you could barely hear anything. So I really think digitally remastered. I think they digitally did something. And they and they for the digital they re, they redid something. I think recently. Plus, I noticed the the cover art on Amazon changed. Like they, there's, it was a different cover art than when I the first time I saw because the first one just had had a picture of 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 Barbasol Tom, Bobby Shaw, and then the one they knew now is like a picture of a girl's face, close up of a girl's face, like screaming or something like that, and like that's almost like. Um, so I'm wondering if there was some kind of touch up done and recently that to, to make it better, which worked because it was yeah. it was so much better this time around than I watched it two years ago. So something happened, made it a lot better. Anyway, with that said, let's move on to five-star reviews. Is this your guilty pleasure? Five-star reviews. All right. I only wrote down three this week from White Thunder. Nice movie. Hot girls. Too bad they all die. Sexy, though. Overall, hot movie. I liked it. Well, he spelled hot with three T's. From K. Harper. Like, running fingernails on a blackboard is how some of the scenes make me feel in this film. Awesome horror. It's up there with Hostile, Saw, Texas Chainsaw. A lot of blood, a lot of torture, and a little extra treat. There are some nice scenes of actress Kristen Green. Five stars. Someone's a fan. Someone is a fan. And from Andrew Lynch. Oh, boy. This is the worst grammar one of all of them. <laughs> all right. I saw... This movie I saw one night in the fall with a girlfriend, and she was getting all grossed out by the violence. So I was like, oh, it's no big biggie. There won't be much gore. By the end, she was, like, left the room so many times. I personally don't see why these things bother people, but when I saw the dude's nuts get popped with pliers (laughs) after he got the crappy toilet thrown in, it was nutty as all, man. It's definitely a gore movie, but I guess some people just can't take gore like me. I personally don't get scared unless the movie is some wicked, crazy movie on a huge screen and things are influencing my mind. But man, oh man, did the toilet scene freak me out. It's worth a watch. I'm sure anybody will like it. Five stars. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Someone liked the poop scene. (laughs) All right. So that's that's it. Let's uh, go into, you know, final, final thoughts here this week. Aaron. Take it away. So, <clears throat> when I started watching this movie, I realized, oh, it's that movie that Marsh and I watched when we first started doing our podcast. 
And, uh, you know, I was like, I remember thinking this movie was a piece of shit and this, it sucked and it was prime time for our podcast. Why is it taking us so long? But then after watching it, there's not a lot of flaws in this movie. There really aren't. It's very smooth. I mean, they sp- explain a lot of things with logic. Um, we've already hi- highlighted things that were kind of like, kind of like, what the fuck? Like yeah. the parts with Zach, that kind of that kind of sucked. That stuck out of my mind. And Kate killing herself. And Kate yeah. killing herself. But again, that's just a choice. You know, you don't have to like the choice. I mean, that's fine. But overall, it still kind of fit in the movie. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it didn't. It was at the very end. The gore was fantastic. The gore was really, really good. There was some decent dialogue. Um, you got the sense that, uh, you know, Bobby Shaw was, you know, a, a legit scary guy. We liked Bob, or Billy Haw. Billy, you know. Billy Hall, Billy yeah, Hall the redhead, was yeah, great. yeah. Uh, I wish I kind of like the idea that we were kind of pulling from that Bobby Shaw may have some obsession with movies and he's filming these crews. I would have liked a little bit more of that if you could maybe put that into the story. If you can just kind of like uh, bring that more into focus, yeah, a little bit. I think there was something there that could have been interesting, but we didn't get it. Overall, though, I'm gonna have to say so bad it's good. All right, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, was, I was pretty surprised. I mean, this is something I'm gonna say. Oh wow, it's my top ten, but you know it. It was a lot better than I thought. I mean, yeah. it, it's I'm definitely a lot of times I'm on the fence. I'm not on the fence. It's definitely like a, I, I give it a B above average. All right, you know, uh, I'm ready to with you because I remember the first time I saw this movie years ago. When like I was like, this is awful. Like because the film quality is bad, the 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 visual which watching it was bad. The sound was awful. Like, it was bad. But then, like I said, they retouched. They, something happened, and it's and like, when I was watching it this time, pixie dust. Got pixie dust. Nice. Yeah, just. Tinkerbell just came in and yeah. dropped some pixie dust on it. Um, but I agree with you. After watching, and especially watching the unrated version, and normally sometimes gore can be too much over the top and right. a movie can rely too much on it. But in this case, it really did make, help make the movie because watching the unedited version was just... If that was the movie I watched, I probably would have said definitely so bad it's scary because it just there it was lacking in all accounts. There was nothing more point watching it. But with the unedited version... Which is I'm kind of hard to find right now. If you can get your hands on a copy of it, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I was I came in, I came in right to say so bad, it's scary. I, th- I thought for sure, but after watching it, I I'm right there with you, man. So bad, it's good. Uh, there, I agree. There's not a whole lot of flaws. The flaws we did have, some were kind of big, like logically, mm-hmm. but we touched on those. But you're right. I mean, it's not that bad. Is it groundbreaking horror movie? No. It follows your basic kind of form, like everything, but it's solid. It's watchable. Like I said, the acting is actually pretty darn good. The writing is solid. Mm-hmm. There's some great moments in there, right? And some great gore with practical effects. And on basically, I'm not gonna say a shoestring because it's not like the three thousand dollars that Pork Chop was, right. but twenty five thousand dollars. Solid effects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I say watch, watch the unrated version. If you can find it, get your hands on that. Watch the unrated version. Because the on rate not the R rate is not worth it because it takes all the good stuff out, um, but yeah, so bad it's good, man. Yeah, the unrated version it's it's it was enjoyable. Like it's a good solid horror movie. Yeah, it's something that would should be in your lineup in October for when you're watching scary months or scary movies throughout the month. Yeah, it should definitely be in your lineup. It it, it could very well be, man. It's a mm-hmm. surprisingly good. I, I that's why I'm stuck at like when I look at those review the ratings uh, on when we did the ratings on I'm like. Looking back, like these are really low. And I look back, I don't think it. I wouldn't rate them that low. 
Mm-hmm. And no, the shit we do on this movie, we, we do shit. Yeah. Like we've seen some real <laughs> shit. This <laughs> is, this one's pretty, I mean, it's solid. Yeah. It makes me want like Franklin Guerrero. Like I kind of want, he's mentioned that his first movie, uh, the eighth plague kind of want to go see that, see if it's what that one's like now. Right. Like, it makes me want to see his other work. Um, so anyway, that's it. I round on be two thumbs up for this one this week. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week. Two busted nuts up. Two busted nuts up. <laughs> All right, remember, uh, Aaron, give it a lowdown on uh, where they can find us. All right, of course, you guys can always find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at So Bad It's Scary. Uh, you can also listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and we stream from our pod on our website, HorribleHorrorPodcast.com. That is another place where you can leave us messages, like like our stuff. Uh, you know, if you have a comment, please feel free. We've actually been having, you know, some directors and writers of shows comment if there's you know you can see them there you can interact with them so we're starting to get a little bit of ground uh again we were just recently on the radio of brothers on whatever i'm sure you can still pull up the archives on that if you want to hear us uh at i believe the radio station was nine five ninety the fan five ninety the fan if you want if you want to hear the interview you can hear on right you can go to inside com. Go to Brothers One Whatever their po- and bring up the uh, the podcast page, and they, they have the audio files there to listen to. So very cool. All right, guys. Uh, so, yeah, that was it, and I really enjoyed it. So Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly so much better than I thought. All right, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, guys, watch more horror movies, and always remember to keep it tight.